Hello and welcome to What Our Point Weekly, where we bring together a variety of perspectives to discuss the biggest stories of the week and decide what our point, or if in fact there are no point at all. Please, if you like what you hear, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and don't be shy with any questions or comments in our DM. Um, today it is Tuesday, January 19th. It is finally come. Donald Trump is gone. He's never coming back, I heard. The main issue, though, at hand is um, the impeachment trial going forward. So tomorrow is the next day. I don't think they have a, a real timeline established. From my perspective, it seems like it's some sort of delay tactic from Mitch McConnell. It's subversion. What What do y'all think? Uh, I mean, I think I think the thing about Mitch McConnell forever has always been that he is an opportunist, uh, and this has been characteristic in his political career for for uh forever um and he hitched his wagon to trump when it was convenient to him and it was politically advantageous and i think he is going to take the temperature of things and if it is at all advantageous to him and to the gop to to kick trump out i think that he's going to do it i think that fundamentally it's not going to be that easy because the tendrils of these QAnon conspiracy theorists have worked their way pretty deeply into the party's infrastructure. You know, you have literal members of Congress who are spouting this absolute bullshit, uh, and that's not going to be so easily expunged. I think that's what McConnell would like to do. I don't know if it's going to be possible. Um, I mean, there is a school of thought that says an impeachment trial would delay a lot of things in Biden's 100-day honeymoon period. I mean, so there's a tactic, there's a reason for dragging it out. But I I don't think there's a love between McConnell and Trump. I think that's definitely clear, made clear in the few statements that he said recently. I mean, that's, you know, again, partly due to the behavior of the president uh, around the time of the the rioting and the the raid on the Capitol. Just seems like it has to be some sort of delay tactic and i don't really even see him turning his back on trump in general because they're um the the trump faction has become so important to the republican party because think about the other side for a second like say they do convict trump this is after he's already out of office so he can never run again then i do think he takes on some sort of pariah power that i think makes him potentially stronger going forward or, or it gives it lends more to the conspiracy this conspiracy theorist argument that they they don't want these people in government because that they know the truth or whatever and so that's why that we can't that they can't have them the lizard people can't allow the actual true people to come in and expose their child sex ring right so i feel like mcconnell knows this and he's using a Trump tactic, which is to delay things on a technicality. And then at the last, like right now, he's saying, oh, I don't I don't know for sure one way or the other. Sure, he had something to do with the Capitol riots, but like I want to see all the evidence. I want to see all the proof laid out. So that's basically setting the table for him to say, well, he did a lot bad. But now that the evidence has been laid out, it doesn't go far enough. So I'm not going to convict. I mean, it just seems like that's obviously what's going to happen. Well, he well, said that they that Trump provoked the mob, like yeah. as of today. He, he's so he he actually came down on Trump for that. Yeah, um, he's made so. it clear. I, I it's more of the technical process is that you know to have a trial, 
you need managers to be selected, and you need hearings. Um, they had hearings in the Senate. They had hearings in the House during the initial, the Russia uh, Russia issue impeachment, the Ukraine foreign aid impeachment issue. And there was no formal process in the House, and that makes sense because, you know, the House leadership wanted to impeach him before he left office, and they just didn't have the physical time on the floor, House floor, to do that. Um, and, you know, the other thing is the event occurred in the House of Representatives in the Congress, so that, you know, they, they didn't need to bring in witnesses. They themselves witnessed what went down. And I think the leadership, the Republican leadership, certainly, you know, when the, they were in the security bunker or whatever, called Trump and had very testy phone conversations with him, instructing him to call off his mob. And I think there's some reports that he initially did not do that. So that's, you know, so do you think that there are no, 17 Pence, Republicans? Pence called the was... National Guard. Trump didn't yeah. call the National Guard. P- Pence had to Pence do it. Did, yeah, and I, I yeah. think that created some bad blood. I mean, again, this is all rumor, not 100% confirmed. Oh. This is what I've read in some of the Hill rags, like Politico or whatever. But yeah, there's no love, certainly no love, not to quote like Whitney Houston or something. But yeah. So do you think that well, there's I... 17 votes? for Republican votes for impeachment in the Senate? McConnell would know that. Um, I definitely think there's like six or seven off the top of my head that I can think of that are definitely yes. I mean, the Romney, Sass. It doesn't seem like you can get to 17. 17 seems like a very high order. Yeah, but I also feel like McConnell wouldn't be coming out with these positions in public if he didn't have the votes to back it up, I guess. Like, I feel like he wouldn't put himself out there. Like, he risks making himself look like an idiot if he supports impeachment in public and then doesn't have the the juice to to pull through on the other end i don't know yeah Maybe that's just naive i mean it's the closest it'll be i mean it'll be of this i think 17 17 republicans definitely there's seven off the top of my head that are definitely yes i just think this is all a bad idea the only ways i can see it um functionally playing out are him, even if it works and he and he is removed from office for forever, I think that that's a good thing uh, fundamentally. But at the end of the day, it's going to make his brand more appealing to the fringes. So it's going to p- bring those people that are interested in him further away from the middle and further out to the right. And then also, if he's not a, if he's not found guilty, then it makes it twice as bad because then he can you know spin that you can also run again you're just adding fuel you're like it's like uh one of those mythical creatures or something where you throw it somehow absorbs whatever you're putting at it and makes it more powerful what is how that? old will he be in 2024 i mean he's not going to be a spring chicken i mean not you can say that about biden too but i mean yeah. at least he's not uh he's 74 so he's he'd be 78 at least he's not dying fucking feinstein who's going to run again at age 92 or whatever yeah but yeah yeah i mean they're not relevant uh, to night stalker by the way what well she was mayor wasn't she mayor of san francisco mm-hmm. yeah oh, yeah she does come up in the documentary night stalker god yeah <laughs> i mean that's a that's a bipartisan phenomenon the people st- using it as a retirement home yeah no for sure i mean not to like Strom Thurmond turning 100 in office or, you know, stuff like that. Daniel Inouye of Hawaii, all these guys. Why is it so hard to unseat an incumbent? Um, hmm. I mean, a lot of the time they're, like, 
coming up in midterms, right? And yeah, uh, you know, people term. people tend to vote by on party lines uh, for the most part. They, you know, Trump is kind of a weird exception where uh, he did worse than the down ballot Republicans, but that's uh, you know he's unique in that respect yeah i guess there's just so many structural advantages to somebody who's already there like the exactly inertia and also you know fundraising advantage is is typically huge and also i mean name recognition it's really if you're a statewide if you're a senator i mean it is really like you're on tv national news like you're you have a whole team of consultants um it's, yeah, it's, it's way really different hard to than get the people. Isn't that so scary? It's, it's like part of the reason why the, like the whole Georgia thing is so fucking exceptional, like it's so astonishing uh, that both incumbents got mm. turned over. Every yeah, time I well, Loeffler like, was Loeffler didn't get. Yeah. Loeffler got appointed, but still. Yeah. It like she had two years of name recognition. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, every time I see Mad Cats, I think about how the, that guy's just not going anywhere. There's so many people that I'm sure love him in Florida, and he just is such a negative. Like, you can already see his rise and the negativity that's going to come out of it. He looks like the fucking alien from Mars Attacks. Like, I don't think people are talking about this enough, especially when he, like, does a mini pompadour with his fucking hair. Yeah. Oh, God. He's such a cunt. It's insane. <laughs> Are you gonna edit that out? <laughs> Just curious. No, this no, is he is a news. cunt. Fuck it. Uh, Fuck Matt no, Gates. He's he a also cunt. looks like the alien from Mars Attack. I'm gonna have to re- yeah. watch that well, movie. The, yeah, it's strange because he that district is the panhandle of Florida. It's very conservative, very veteran focused. There's Eglin Air Force Base, Pensacola Naval Air Station, uh, heavily military, and a lot of retirees like vacation place like Destin and Fort Wor- Fort Walton Beach but he's he, that seat used to be held by a very reasonable like non-bomb throwing member named Jeff Miller who was chair of the Veterans Affairs Committee and was like very well respected and a very serious member so it's kind of a strange well, dynamic of inertia right yeah like it once, is true once you're in you're in yeah and even even um Marjorie Taylor Greene, her seat was Tom Graves, who was a very serious, like, not a rabble-rouser member. He was, you know, Appropriations Committee, very serious member who, like, did a lot of hard work. And, um, yeah, it's just surprising that the district can go from, like, this very kind of, like, tamed, reasonable to a bomb thrower overnight. Yeah, I guess um, what I'm most curious about is your perspective, Nick. Like, how do you reconcile your... uh, deeply held and i i know you i think that you are generally a moral person like i don't think that you have uh sort of i don't i don't think you're being a a shitty person by believing what you believe in but like how do you reconcile being in that same party with people like marjorie Mm. taylor green i mean it's tough um it's tough i i don't you know i've tried to hesitate i've hesitated to like speak ill will of certain people but um, yeah, I, I do not. I mean, she has tweeted things about you know, QAnon theories and stuff about like the Jews replacing people, which is like this alt-right anti-Semitic conspiracy. Yeah, openly. Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, she initially said that 9-11 was an inside job or tweeted something about that, which she then apologized. 
Um, but like, you know, I think House leadership made her apologize for it and say like, hey, you, you cannot, we will not seat you in Congress if you believe this shit. So she's kind of like had to tamper some things down. But I mean, it's populism that happens. There's been, I mean, there's been crazy members of Congress on both sides. I mean, Democrats had James Traficant from Ohio, who was absolutely insane and went to federal prison. Republicans have had a long history of that too. Like, you know, I'm trying, trying to think off the top of my head of like crazy members. I mean, like Steve King was. Just, yeah, I agree that both. I mean, the, the great example in Louisiana is um, Edwin Edwards versus David Duke for governor one year. Yeah. There's in the, in all sides, like like you can't be guilty by association in a two party system. No, for sure. I guess I guess like my my thing that I'm curious about is like how mainstream uh, fucking nutjobs like her are pushing things, right? Like this is a large contingent of the Republican base that believes these things. Like, isn't it like one in three Republican voters believe in QAnon? Like, how do you reconcile I don't, I don't, that? I don't think that's... Is that... Where is that from? I think that was like... It's from Ben calling people, Nick. He's been on the phone. <laughs> no, I'm probably... I think that that's accurate. I think that that is, in fact, conservative. I mean, and what, what QAnon... What, is it an individual... A specific theory or like... Anything with QAnon. Anything. Like, if you believe that QAnon is even a thing that exists and is legitimate, that is... That should be disqualifying of... of your credibility of being able to serve in public office and well, I don't think it's unfortunately, and I, I, we don't take intelligence tests or IQ tests for people who run for political office, but I mean, that's up to the voters of the district to realize that they've made a mistake. And I, I respect the democratic process too. It's just there's nothing. I mean, there's nothing really I could do about it. I think it's just voters in that district. You know, and, and the beauty of it is that over over time, these members tend to like crazy doesn't last. It's not a it's not a lasting political philosophy if things are going if, if the institutions hold. So like, can't you like go into a bedroom or somewhere where your wife is not like putting groceries away? <laughs> yeah, it's just like crazy doesn't crazy doesn't last. That's what I meant to say. It okay. just does not last as a political philosophy and i think like sure the voters will realize like look at pete look at uh, steve king he got primaried by a very sane reasonable member named randy feenstra and that you know that that's a way of of booting these people out if they go too crazy or if they're and they end up being ineffective there's a natural process of weeding them out one in three republicans say they believe the QAnon theory about a conspiracy among the deep state elites is mostly true and another 23% say some parts are true. That is 56% of the Republican Party yeah. believes mm. in something that a shit poster on 4chan came up with. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that mm. if you were to say one in four Republicans believes in like Pizzagate theory, I would say that I would be worried. Um, I, I think this is the same thing. QAnon is the same thing as Pizzagate. No, it, it is. It is spread by them. But I, th- I think that's different. Slightly different. No, it's, well, it, uh, it's a different theory, but it's equally fucking insane. The, the QAnon, the Q, I guess what you're, I, I mean, the, the brief skimming 10,000 foot level of what I read about QAnon, I feel like if I go in too deep, I'll be just make myself more depressed. But they <laughs> sort of have this resentment of elites. That's a very common 
conservative belief of feeling like I'm a working class blue collar person and I'm being just, you know, people in D.C. are disdainful of me. And that's sort of like how I interpreted that question. Um, You know, I wouldn't have answered it that way. And I'm not trying to justify QAnon. I think they're insane and ridiculous. And another good stat. This isn't as um, as concrete, but I was watching Family Feud the other day. And one of the questions that they ask at the end is on a level of one to ten. How much do you trust your government was one of the family feud questions. And the number one answer was one, obviously. And it was 38% of respondents. So I think that tying together, like, yes, that there is a fringe people that believe Nick. Like, QAnon, the basis of it is is this, like, fake covert deep state agent that is revealing an international conspiracy that is, you know, that is the, that yeah, is the yeah. most charitable way that anyone yes. has ever described yes. QAnon. The actual central tenet of QAnon is that President Trump is defending the planet from a secret cabal of Satan worshiping pedophiles that is like all comp- comprised of like all Democratic politicians and mm-hmm. all Hollywood celebrities. That is what these people actually fucking believe. And 33% of Republicans, of registered Republicans, According to the, these polls, believe that that is mostly true. I mean, so another twenty-three percent think that that is partly true. I yeah. think that a when lot Donald of the Trump is not actually a fucking pedophile who fucked kids with Jeffrey Epstein. I mean, so did Bill Clinton. Sure, but, but there's less evidence linking Bill Clinton to Epstein than there is linking Trump to Epstein. Oh uh, God, let's please or let's whatever. not start this conversation. No, uh, I mean, Trump, okay, yeah. regardless of what's going on with Clinton. Trump yeah. is clearly not some sort of stalwart knight standing up to defend. But I do, people. I guess. No. My yes, point about family not, not is just trust my kids. Is just that um, I think that there is just a a general problem with people disbelieving the government, and I think that there is this new problem, which is that the internet forums just totally inane, um, factless internet forums. Are people are believing better than the actual, you know, authorities that are trying to explain to them. So especially when with something like child trafficking, this this is I feel like particularly troublesome because it is a really bad problem and it's becoming a worse and worse problem all the time in our world. But it's done in a very street level, like most of the tr- child trafficking that's happening in our world are happening in the back of, you know, sketchy vans and like cargo ships or just people being trafficked under the cover of night in third world countries into first world countries. It isn't people flying on private jets. And so if you have a section of our society that thinks that the majority of these really actual problems can be solved in this James Bond sort of like high level way you really do get a dysfunctioning society because people are no longer interested in um functional ways to solve these really bad issues if you know what yeah. I mean. in accountability for yeah i mean I'm, what freaks me out more in government is incompetence not like this cabal i mean the federal government the u.s government has had a terrible history of keeping secrets i mean really like 
I mean, Jesus, look at Edward Snowden. Look at all these major elites, spies, moles, Robert Hansen, just, you know, major leaks to the press like Daniel Ellsberg. I mean, we invaded Iraq in 03 and our war plans for the invasion were leaked to USA Today a couple a couple of days before the actual war. So, that, you know, if, if we can't keep that secret, we're not going to keep some like pedophile ring you know, at uh, the Trilateral yeah. Commission Illuminati convention. That's the part that makes secret. no sense to me as well, is just how, how people could possibly imagine that uh, that these type of things could fly under the radar of everyone for always. Like, a lot of people think this has been going on for, you know, centuries or whatever. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Sorry, Nick. I wasn't trying to, like, come at you or anything. No, just... no, not at all. I mean, please, I mean, Jesus. I mean, I, I find... I, I, I like... There's also yeah. less and less people who are registered as Republican. It's like 29% of No, I think that's true. And I, so you that's know, 33% of certainly... 29% is really not much, not many people, thankfully. Yeah, but I mean, we're, like we're dying out. One in we're... three believe yeah. that shit to be mostly true. Like, that's... Well, that's wait, crazy. in another I study, which I, I was going to bring it, up... I find it's like the logical study. extension of um, just sort of the objective fact denialism that's gone on you know like the science denialism which yeah i, I feel like was so short-sighted and this is now like reality denialism yeah well uh, covid i mean that's been seen yeah. with the covid response to no for sure i i, I don't know pr study um asked americans not just republicans whether or not satan worshiping elites who run a child sex ring are in control of our politics and media 17% of Americans said it was true, and 37% said they were unsure, and only 47% said it was incorrect. So that is kind of scary. That less, less than half of Americans can just. That's about you know, one sixth, so that's like one third of Republicans. That's the thing. Yeah, it, it's not good. Not good. I, I mean. But I, I, I do think it's is, not just a problem with, with one party. I think it is ma- majority uh, one party. On. I, but I like, think it's I a think problem. It's yeah, I think Democrats don't tend to be skip, skeptical of like government. I mean, there's Democratic people that believe in conspiracies, but they don't tend to be like skeptical of government per se. I mean, I personally think that there's some weird things that my some of my liberal friends believe in, but... Yeah, it's very, it's just like very unique to the right. You don't think so? I feel like distrustful. there's a, especially the minority section of the room. Sure. And, and the anti-vax, I would say anti-vax is also both parties too. Because then you have like, you have um, Robert Kennedy Jr. or whatever, who's a huge anti-vax mm-hmm. proponent, Robert De Niro. So you have these like left-wing people, Jim Carrey. I guess- yeah. No, I've been. I, I definitely agree that QAnon is way more prevalent in the Republican side of things. But I do think that there is this strain of like libertarianism that runs that cuts both ways and and is informed by just an anti-science view of things. Like people yeah, I mean, have just think, given up. Know, once you've made enough money and you don't have to think about things critically uh, and you can just like flush your money down the toilet then yes uh there is some of the horseshoe effect like among mm. the you know quote-unquote liberal elites like it's actually a thing you know Gwyneth Paltrow and all of her bullshit I think that all of that is absolutely real I, I just don't think that that is a major component of the people who make up the party on the democratic side whereas on the Republican side, I think it's undeniable that these QAnon fringe lunatics have 
taken over the party in many ways. Uh, and I mean, the, the internet hasn't helped. Feature voice. The yes, internet, no, it's for sure. It's for sure. It hasn't. It's always. I mean, it's been there for a while. I mean, even the internet Ruby is Ridge, inherently a, like a polarizing force, right? Like the yeah. most insane voices get amplified. Well, um, and that's always been a thing. But I think that like fundamental, like it's not like the Democratic Party has become huge like exclusively vegans and exclusively <laughs> communists like that's just not happened to the extent the republican party no. as a whole has been taken over by these nut jobs and i, I mean, think that that's kind of the difference for me is the, the sheer number and voice of the exact and like both? the influence over the future yeah. of the party as well like i i you know it's it's very telling to me that so many people on the right or centrists are like, oh, you know, we got to watch out for AOC and we got to watch out for Ilhan Omad and like these people who are just going to push the Democratic Party into being radical leftists. And the reality is, if you look at the political spectrum between the policies that are, you know, more mainstream between the parties, like it's a huge skewing towards the right. Like AOC is not a radical leftist. No one Ooh. in U.S. politics right now is a radical leftist, like radical to the extent that people on the right are radical rightists. I would say I, it I, depends on your spectrum. I mean, I think it's, from the European lens, it's different. Yes, that's true. We tend to be a more conservative country. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Bernie has sort of like always been there. You do have a radical left in the United States, I mean, and even a violent one. I look at the weather underground and all these other fringe movements. Um, <laughs> I but, mean, come on. in the last 10 years, it's like sure, two that's different. I mean, in terms of... that is different. You don't, I mean... Well, I think it's going to be the... I was reading about how Avril Haines, they kept asking her questions in her confirmation hearing about what she's going to do about white supremacist terrorists, but there's going to be these jurisdictional issues now because you can't... It, isn't it only the FBI that can investigate domestic terrorists? Yes. How does that work? Yes, so the, F, the CIA cannot collect intelligence on U.S. citizens, especially um, domestically. So I'm sure the FBI is going to have much more work. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, and I'm not trying to belittle this the threat coming from right wing extremism because it does rear its head every few decades it's definitely rearing its head now and it's reared its head in the 90s with ruby ridge and oklahoma city bombing mm-hmm. um and it is a violent movement and you know neo-nazi skinhead kkk all these groups are you know classified by the fbi as as, as a, you know having violent terrorist like tendencies so that is a it's a threat and it's a growing threat and the internet has helped you know spread a lot of that their propaganda but you know, I view the Republican Party that I belong to as the party of Reagan, Nixon, Ford, Liz Cheney. I guess my the, question is, like, what is the long term viability of that party? Like, do you envision a scenario where these fucking nut jobs split off and branch off? And like, you know, you're seeing it on, on these various sites, obviously not Parler because they, they got taken down, but like on Gab and stuff like people now saying that they're going to lynch McConnell, that they were trying to lynch Pence um, yeah. on 1-6. And, like, for me, that's that's that does not a cohesive party make. I don't know. No. I think it's just not, like, an extreme thing to say. But, like, I don't think it's it's crazy to think that, uh, that these people are going to kind of splinter off and, you know, form, like, the Trump party, right? But uh, what is, I, what is, I mean, to have a party, I mean... Yeah, I think our, our, it's reminding me of the conversation 
we had with Remy months ago about how a um, two-party system, a duopoly in his mind, is a much more stable and productive political system because in a parliamentary system or in coalitions, people just sort of undercut one another and there's a stasis and nothing ever gets passed. So I just see the the Trumpians, they, they realize like you were saying earlier, how much power you can influence by being only like what if, if there's only 30% of the Republican party is a conspiracy theorist. And then only whatever 30% of the country is a Republican, this tiny fraction of people can influence policy throughout the entire country by operating within the framework of the party. So I just, yeah. I, I don't really see our two party system going anywhere. And I, yeah. I don't know ever since having that conversation with Remy, so it made me think more about like how could that functionally work and what would the how productive would it be to splinter parties so but I I do think that there are these wedges in both parties starting to form now but it seems like the money the money issue the like connection to lobbyists and the military industrial complex on both sides of the party make it impossible for <laughs> either party to break up so is yeah, that a I good think, thing? Yes. That's Thank you, military industrial complex. <laughs> I have uh, no idea, man, if that's yeah, a good thing. I, I think it's, it's another one of those inertia things where, like, holy shit, we can't mess this up because it, the machine's just churning. So, like, if we mess this up now, like, what do we do? Do we just, like, fall out of orbit? Like, everyone's just frightened. Well, yeah. What I was going to say is this is why it's so important to fucking prosecute Trump and his uh, idiot offspring disqualify them from further from future office it's got to be done like you you've got to cut the head off the snake there is uh, a, just for the future yeah. of the country and like this is like this is what republicans should also be pushing for because otherwise this fucking disease is going to destroy their party from the inside out like you're already seeing it like we said with these idiot members of congress um who are now who are now there Oh, there have always been idiot members of Congress. I, I mean, mean, yes, but I don't know if there's ever been a member of Congress as dumb as Marjorie Taylor Greene or Lauren Boebert, Bo uh, um, who apparently gave a tour to these extremists the day before the uh, the attack. So it seems like she's the uh, the inside woman, which is interesting to note. I don't know if there's been crazies. I mean, uh Cynthia McKinney of Georgia, uh, James Traficant, uh, Michelle Bachman, pretty crazy. Yeah, I mean, I did I any of these people believe that there was a global cabal of pedophiles who are worshiping Satan and are controlling like all of the media and all First the government? All, this is what she literally never... believes. This is like the South Park fucking episode where they took down Scientology because they made it a, a cartoon of Xenu. Like doing all of his thing, like melting all the frozen souls because they fell into a volcano, just yeah. with the big banner on the bottom saying, This is what Scientologists actually believe. This is what this crazy bitch actually believes. Like, I, I don't know. I find it like this cannot be understated how fucking insane this woman is and what a danger she presents to the future of this country, let alone the Republican Party. I mean, I'll just be real with you. I don't think, yeah, I, I think she's nuts. I don't think she will – to be an effective member of Congress, you have to be on committees that are – that your district, your constituents are interested in, like that will – you'll bring in, like, 
federal projects to your district or you'll help them with, you know, if like someone's social security check is delayed or someone's VA benefits are delayed or have there's an issue with the VA, there's an issue with Medicare. That is their like bread and butter is casework and just helping their constituents deal with shit from the federal government. And the crazy members tend not to do well in that domain. Like they tend to be too busy. They have another an incumbent. But that's the thing. So it's can... like, you don't think that she can spin this to her constituents? Like, oh, look, they're trying to suppress me. They're trying to shut my voice down. That's why they're not giving me these key opportunities. But I'm never going to stop fighting for you and for uncovering the truth. What blah, state blah, blah, is she blah. from again? She Georgia. From, uh, Georgia. From Georgia. Like Northwest yeah. Georgia, I believe. Sweet. Yeah. So do y'all think... Um, do you think there's going to be a bunch of uh, indictments, like even tomorrow now that Trump isn't president? Don't these God, I fucking don't these hope so. cases open up? Aren't these all these potential cases that that nobody knows if they could have filed them before because he was president, but now it's not going to yeah. matter? I mean, all yeah, the I presume York so. Have been sat on, so he's. Let's I mean, vote. he's he's going to have to hire like actually good lawyers, not Giuliani and Sidney Powell and. Lynn Wood, he's going to have to hire like normal lawyers who will win if he you know wants to win these cases. Can he pay them, My though? main recommendation to him would not be to not rely on Rudy Giuliani for legal advice. Oh, my God. Please. Well, I heard he's pardoning one of Alan Dershowitz's friends, so maybe he'll get Alan Dershowitz. Who are, who are the other pardons that are probably being signed oh, off on right Little now? Little Wayne. Oh, yeah, I heard Little Wayne was a, an option on a felony drug uh, gun charge. Um, surprisingly, not people that would have upset me like Snowden or Assange. Um, you don't think there's going to be a last minute one? No, I've heard that there's a there's a there's a rumor that he's already come up with the list, and it's like a hundred people, um, and including Little Wayne. What's his real What's his real name? Carter something. Uh, his last name is Carter. Um, Carter. Oh, yeah, Wayne Carter, isn't it? Wayne Carter. Is it Wayne? Um, the other thing I was wondering, could Trump, like, sign his own pardon but not reveal it? And then, like, if something happened later, then be like, wait, 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 I buried a pardon in the front lawn. Go dig this up. No, because... No. no, 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 no. You can't yeah. sign your own pardon. Like, the only chance that he would have is if he resigns, like, if he abandons the presidency, like, 20 minutes before... What is it? It's like noon, right? So yeah. like at eleven thirty, if he resigns and then he gets Pence to sign it for him, but I don't think Pence would do that at this no, point. No, Pence is mad at him. Pence is like, do you see like the whole story about how Trump called him a pussy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Trump also denied White House access to his chief of staff to Mark Short, yeah, which is ridiculous. I mean, yeah. it's so infantile. I, I I think that I also think that constitutionally, there's this gray area where. I personally don't think the president can pardon him or herself. I think it's, I mean, I don't think the founders intended that. So I think it would be litigated all the way up to the Supreme Court and they'd probably rule against the uh, president if he tried to do that. And I think there is also, even if he did pardon himself, it only applies to what he did as president. Right, so exactly. So any of his stuff that he did before and all this stuff, the New York AG looking into it is is, is really still going to go on. And the rape um, charge, isn't that still pending? Uh, with E. Jean Carroll, or yeah, I don't, I don't, I haven't been following it, but yeah, she I, failed I, her lawsuit about defamation uh, yeah. against him, like that was ruled against her. But yeah, I think he's gonna be busy. Civil suit for rape is still 
still pending. He's going to be busy. Yeah, and he owes Deutsche Bank, like, what, $400 million in wow. next year that he's personally accountable for, so. Yeah, I think, I mean, the true, I think, character that comes out of all this drama is Mike Lindell of MyPillow, <laughs> who was advocating for martial law. Oh, my God, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he's faced some blowback from that. I think Bed Bath and Beyond has dropped him. Walmart dropped him too, I believe. Yeah, I mean, he, what? Yeah. Oh no, not the My Pillow guy. <laughs> I just don't I think that he was branching off into like sheets. Now his empire was growing. Yeah, that's tough. I mean, I left the Drudge Report had this whole thing about how he's been having sleepless nights or something like Mike Lindell has been having sleepless nights. <laughs> This is the ultimate irony. <laughs> Not a do, great testimony. Do the Portuguese product. know who Mike Lindell is? God, no. Yeah. You should spread. I spread mean, Portugal's the... dealing with being the literal number one country in the, the entire world uh, in terms of COVID cases per million right now. So oh, shit. That's not great. They had uh, here in Portugal about 75% adherence for the first lockdown. And we've been back in lockdown for six weeks now and the adherence is about 30 percent why did it plummet like that uh people are like not scared of it anymore um because like public messaging has been bad and uh i don't know like people are just like fed up with it there's just lockdown fatigue there's uh there's covid um like just coming to terms with it and accepting that you're going to get sick if you get sick. Yeah. So There's a crazy and that's Yeah. It's deadly. Plus, no. do you think, so, I mean, the fear that I have is as much as I fear the South African strain, the UK strain and this new strain that they found in LA or whatever, like my understanding is that the vaccine is still effective against those mutations. Yes. And there is this like drudge, drudge report, which is this website, which is famous for like, doom and gloom news um has said oh there might be a risk that this new strain in la is resistant to the vaccine but there's no evidence it just they just posted some like new york post article which is obviously salacious to be with. but that is my greatest fear that will keep me up at night if there is we've gone through all this bullshit to get the vaccine and then yes there's a new strain with a new spike protein Supposedly, the mRNA vaccine can be rejiggered to deal with that pretty easily. It can be done done on an annual basis. Uh, That shouldn't be a problem in and of itself. It's more like an issue of distribution and that kind of thing. Like, it might become just like a flu shot where you just have to get it every year. But at the same time, like, if it gets to that point, which would be so fucking stupid, you would lose, like, any of your uh, immunity if you had already been infected. Because if, if, like this virus is allowed to mutate inside morons repeatedly and without any resistance, then it's going to mutate and you're going to get new and more virulent forms of it. Um, So this is why it's super fucking important that everyone goes and gets vaccinated because like if you survived it the first time, those antibodies and that immune response that you are able to regenerate might not work against a totally mutated strain. Do you think God is angry at, at, at humankind? He he took Sean Connery, and he took Alex Trebek. Who else did he take? Herman Cain. I don't think God exists. Herman Cain. <laughs> he did kill Herman Cain. Um, yeah, yeah, God. If God asshole. exists, I mean, 
uh, this is a whole philosophical thing. God mm. can't be all knowing, all powerful, and uh, fuck. What's the last one? What's the last tenet of like the Christian God? All knowing, all powerful, merciful, and, go- and all good. Right? Like all three of those things cannot be the case. Like otherwise, why do you have childhood cancers? Why do you have like kids being especially susceptible compared to adults to things like bone cancer, which is the most painful thing that a person can experience and that happens to children because god's logic is not human logic it's beyond yeah. human logic also that kid could grow up to be hitler or something i don't know yeah god's plan okay, from but a that's human fine. okay if god's, if god's logic is beyond then he's not all good all knowing and all powerful at least by our parameters that's he's, true that's, Dan that's if he has if he has things <laughs> that we can't comprehend then sure but at least from our perspective those three those three tenets are not they're they are incompatible with each other based on like the things that exist in the world today god so. created dan beckshaw fair enough <laughs> it's true. discuss that's proof <laughs> this week's episode. Please tune in next week when we will be discussing Biden's first week in office, confirmation hearings, and the sure-to-be-ongoing impeachment of Donald Trump.